0: get off the hamster wheel of social media marketing because you post something on Instagram, it's gone in a few days, right? Search is there for pretty much ever, right? It's evergreen content and you get found organically. It's not paid. Like, why wouldn't you do that?
1: for today's show is Jacob Cass who I had the pleasure of running into in Sydney and I've known Jacob for for a bit of time now mostly on social and he's got an interesting topic as we generally talk about branding and marketing I think this fits somewhere in the middle somewhere like affiliate marketing and I was shocked to discover how much traffic he's been able to generate by writing but also how much money he's able to make so let's get right into it so Jacob for people who don't know who you are, can you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit of your backstory?
0: Absolutely. Thank you for having me here today, Chris. Um, yeah, super stoked to talk about this, affiliate marketing, passive income, and all that entails. Who I am, my name is Jacob Cass. I'm the founder of Just Creative, which is a brand and design agency based in Sydney, Australia. It's also a platform for many other things, including a, a branding podcast, a community for creatives. A blog, which is bringing in about a million plus page views a month, uh, and a bunch of other elements to it as well, but we won't go into it. To summarize, at, at my heart, I'm a designer, I'm a brand builder to, to simplify it.
1: Okay. Now, many of us might be familiar with this word affiliate marketing or affiliate, the affiliate model, and let, let's set the record straight. What does it mean? Define it and then give us some examples, please.
0: Yeah, good. Yeah, let's start from the top. So affiliate marketing, what is it? Um, it's a way to earn money, right, by partnering with others, right? So as an example, I recommend a product, uh, someone buys it based on my recommendation, and I earn a cut from that uh, recommendation. So for a, a big partner of ours, just to give an example is Amazon, right? And we can, we'll get into this and you can get started with Amazon as well. So I recommend a product on Amazon, Someone clicks on that link, I'll get a percentage of that sale. And you can do that at scale and we'll we'll dive into that. So that's basically the premise of it. It's about it's a referral model.
1: Okay. So you as a person who builds trust and creates content that people connect with and enjoy consuming, if you recommend or share any links and if they click on that link and they make a purchase, you get some percentage of the sale. And in fact, this is how most of the things on Amazon are sold, right?
0: Uh, I assume so. I can't be certain, but um, yeah, it's at least from the web, if you're on someone else's website and they're referring you to Amazon, generally it would be an affiliate most of the time if they know what they're doing. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. And I, I do a little bit of affiliate marketing too. At the beginning, it doesn't seem like a lot of money. It's only a few percentage points, but I think the Amazon model in particular, as you Sell more, the percentage actually goes up, right?
0: Yeah, and then they have bonuses as well. So, for for example, uh, Christmas and Black Friday, they'll you know often double your bonus if you're a, a, you know a good partner as well. So, there's definitely some bonuses with working for Amazon in particular. Because uh, maybe too early to discuss this, but how it works is if you refer someone to Amazon, let's say for a book, you know you'd get you know five percent commission on a book, which is nothing. However, if they went and Bought their groceries and some, you know, pet food and m- maybe a diamond ring. You'd get a commission on all of those things in the cart. So that's where it really gets interesting. Uh, I like I, probably about seventy percent of everything I refer is in, in uh, things that I think not even talk about. Pet food, for example, groceries. People are buying this when you refer them to the site, and that's where it's, um, you know, it can adds up add up over time.
1: I want to go back into your story a little bit more, which is when they go and click on your link. I think the term is like a cookie. Yes. Somehow Amazon remembers you. So if you go in, you add something to your cart, which is what you recommend, and they're like, oh, I want to go buy a car. Amazon honors the referral link for a period of time, right? Correct.
0: Based on the cookie. Yes.
1: Right. And then whatever they buy, you, you're the beneficiary of. And the beautiful thing is Amazon makes money and the person doesn't pay any more for it. And you also make a little bit of money. So Amazon is sharing a bit of their profit with you. Absolutely. And it's not just okay. Amazon, like pretty
0: much any provider online, this is where it gets really interesting, has an affiliate program behind it, even the future does. So anyone can you know, get started with this. And I, I really want to share this because it's an undertapped method and many people don't understand it or the potential of it. So they're leaving things or well, money on the table because they just don't fully understand what it is, how to do it, and you know, how easy it is to get started.
1: Okay, so my natural question is to go back into time and ask you, how did you get into this?
0: Well, I started my first Amazon affiliate account, <laughs> I think it was around 2010. And for about five, seven, maybe five, seven years, I was making nothing, right? Because I didn't understand what it was. I had a few links here and there, but it was only probably about, I don't know, five five years ago where I started to see some you know actual money coming in, nothing major, but enough to see some traction. I'm like, oh, this is really interesting. And that's when I, I started writing more and around affiliate uh, style articles on my blog. And over the past three years have hired a team and really scaled this up because I now understand what works, what doesn't, and just, um, you know, scaled it.
1: Mm. So you you only started scaling in the last three years? Uh,
0: yes. In, there's in Let's put it this way. Like in the past three years, it's 5X in growth versus uh, since I started in 2007. So it was pretty steady for a long while. Uh, but in the f- past three years, I've really put the f- um, pedal to the metal, I should say.
1: Yeah. Okay. You put the pedal to the metal. Yes. All right. And now you're ac- accelerating. Uh, I think you you mentioned something like you generate over a million page views a month. Like in this scope of things, that sounds like a gigantic amount of traffic.
0: Is it? Well, it depends who you're comparing it to. Uh, for yeah. a you know, sole, sole um, business owner, I guess it's a lot. But it really depends on how you compare.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and before this made economic sense to you, what were you doing in the meantime? What was your day job before the affiliate marketing thing took off? Well, I,
0: to be honest, I've had Just Creative, which is the brand platform, since 2007. So the blog has been the backbone of my business since uh, the beginning. Oh. It always has okay. been. It still is today. So it's, it's the platform. And it, it's how I get clients for my brand uh, services. It's also a blog for you know promoting affiliate-related elements, you know tech goods and design goods and uh, so forth. And it's also, as I mentioned, there's other things at the beginning where I spend other more of my time as well.
1: Okay, just so I understand this correctly, what percentage of revenue is your business based on affiliate marketing and versus services?
0: Well, if you asked me a few years ago, it would, you know, probably be like 60, 40, but it's like grown so much now. So it's, it's much more than that now. So it's uh, definitely a huge chunk of, of change for the business
1: for sure. Mm So even in the beginning, it was sixty percent affiliate marketing and forty percent service, or the other way around. Yeah,
0: so it's it's kind of because it's grown, you know, it's 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 changed over time, and I've spent my time in different places, put my focuses in different areas. So Mm -hmm. uh, in the beginning, I was more about brand services, and in the past few years, I've turned into you know kind of like a a strategist and a coach and a community builder, and that's where my efforts have gone, as well as hiring a team. So because I've have a team now they've been able to scale it without me doing as much work. So I used to be doing the writing and, you know, the, the SEO and everything. But now that I've outsourced that, I can, you know, it's been able to scale.
1: You've taught other people your system and they're able to do the work that you used to do. So now what do you do with your time?
0: i manage the team and do the higher level strategy. So now I've, I work with more partners. So I probably have about a hundred different affiliate partners, uh, all different, you know, all different verticals and uh, so forth, but yeah, that's where I spend the time now. I see.
1: Okay. Uh, when you say it's a huge shock, would you say it's like 90-10 now? Or is it even more I,
0: have, I haven't done the finances this year, but it's like blown yeah. up. Uh, and it's, I don't know, it's probably 70-30, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I, have, I haven't done it yet. So.
1: What do you predict it to be end of 2023? Um, Probably probably eighty percent mm. Okay, so we see where this is going. Mm. It used to be 60-40, and probably by the time that you're listening to this on the one year anniversary, you'll be at 80, 20. Yes. Okay. Very good. If so, it's the dream of most people to be able to do what they love, whatever it is for you might, might be writing, reviewing products, or just talking about what's of interest to you, uh, opinion pieces, op-ed stuff, and then to be able to make a living passively doing that. So let's go on to the next concept, which is passive income. What is passive income? Is it a myth? Uh, let's get it. Uh, let's have the record straight here. Yes,
0: that's uh, this good. Good question around the myth side of it. So, passive income certainly in the beginning is not passive. Uh, however, there is a there's a dip, and and we've talked about this before. But once you get out of that dip, that's when you know things get interesting as well. You know the 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 growth happens, and the your time investment uh, versus the money investment works works out in your favor. So, it is passive eventually. <laughs> I think about this like an oil well, right? You you dig you dig down in the earth, you find the oil, and then once it's done, you know, it keeps pumping out uh, oil. But it's incredibly difficult to, you know, dig down in earth and create an oil rig. So I just think of this as like creating oil rigs everywhere, right? Different affiliate posts and you dig down. Once they're there, once they're ranking, you know, you maintain it, you keep it, keeping up with maintenance. And, you know, that's where uh, things get... Interesting again. I keep saying this, but it's uh, it uh, that's how how it works. So think about passive as a little bit of a dip, but over time, that's when the returns um, you know they make sense.
1: I'm I'm not a passive income expert. I do describe what we do as passive income, and allow me to uh, uh, share some of my thoughts with our audience here. And you'll tell me if you have a different point of view. We understand what active income earning is. Basically, you go somewhere, you clock in, you do the work, and you get paid for what it is that you do. This could usually be measured in time or can be measured in widgets that you produce. So some places pay based on how many things you make. So if you make 10 things, you get paid 10 times whatever dollar amount versus if you make 100, then you get paid 100 times. What passive income is, and the easiest example I would think of that is not going to stir feelings about the oil industry, (laughs) it's real estate. If you own an apartment complex or a rental unit, That thing generates income for you and it generates income as long as there's a tenant renting space from you and you don't have to do too much. It doesn't mean you don't have to do anything, but you don't have to do a whole lot. You might get an occasional call to fix the toilet. Uh, Every 10, 20 years, you might have to replace the roof, but it generates income for you while not requiring you to actively work in the business. So some people who are opponents of passive income think passive income means I get to do nothing ever make money and that's some kind of fantasy and and probably in that way there are only a few vehicles that exist that allow you to have that kind of income right if you invest in a in a mutual fund you don't actually have to do anything it should pay you something if you buy a treasury bond it will give you money you don't have to do anything and it's relatively safe now what we're talking about is uh, educational products affiliate marketing there's a lot of work that goes up front you're trading in a disproportionate amount of your time and energy for very little return But over time, the slider works into your favor if you keep it up and if you know what you're doing, you will generate more income and the amount of time that's required to invest in generating the income becomes less and less and to a point in which it almost becomes like nothing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And there's so many different types of passive income. We're talking about affiliate marketing right now. There's digital products, there's online courses, you know, bringing out paid memberships, podcasting, real estate stocks, crypto. You know, YouTube channels, advertising, drop shipping, you know, flipping products, like there's so many different types of passive income. So we really wanted to go deep on affiliate marketing because this is a really undertapped area and it's easy to get started. And I'd I'd love to share with your audience like how to actually get started. We love it. And I had some I had a a chat with some creatives last night about like what do you want to learn about affiliate marketing? What's the barriers? And they want to first know what it is, which we've talked about. Uh, and how to actually get started, right? Pretty much every platform out there or provider has an affiliate program. What you can do to find it is scroll to the bottom of their website, and in the in the footer, there'll be a link that says affiliates or partners. Most of the time, it says affiliate program, and you click on that, and you can apply to their affiliate program. Amazon is called Amazon Associates. Um, you can get started instantly, pretty much. You go to their page, become an Amazon associate, and... I will talk about Amazon today because this is the easiest one to get started with, right? Everyone sells something or a product or a service, and they they have things that they recommend. So you, there's always something that you love, right? That you could recommend. So, for example, Chris, your the gear that you use, right? You could create a page that recommends all all this uh, gear on one page and refer people to that page. So, how you actually do that? You go to Amazon Associates, become uh, an Amazon associate. And then once you are, you go back to any p- product on the Amazon page and at the top of the page, there'll be a new bar and you say, get affiliate link at the top of that bar. And now you have this trackable link that you share with your audience. And if they click on that link, it's tracked back to you. So that's the basic premise of it. And you can go to any single Amazon page and get a unique tracking link for any product. And, you know they have every product from a to z you know or z uh, so this is a great place to to get started so think about what products you actually use you know your laptops your computer your camera gear or perhaps it's software maybe you work in web web design you know that you know use a certain hosting platform a certain provider they help they will have an affiliate program so you, you can sign up to them and this is where it gets even more interesting you know if you're selling hosting you can do this as a recurring model as well. Uh, there's so many different tactics. I just want to get focused on Amazon though, because this is the easiest way to, to get started. So sign up, get a unique link, and then you can share that link. Right? What I do recommend for people to do is create a, a standalone website, you know, like a resources page. Here's my gear that I use. This is the easiest way to get started. Especially people in you know, film, you could uh, or you know in the creative industries. We use a lot of tech, right? So you can write all the tech you use and get these unique links for all of these uh, Amazon products. So when someone asks you, "Oh, what camera is that?" you know, you take really great photos. Your camera takes really great photos, I should say. You can say, "Well, this is this is the tech I use," and you send them there, and that's when they can buy your stuff, and you will get a commission. And it's a nice commission when it's a you know expensive products. But like I said, that that model, you know, if they go and pick up them some supplies for their pet. You're going to get paid for that as well. So that is the number one easiest way to get started, and the second easiest way is the software that you use. You know, is it Adobe? Is it websites? Um, you know, uh, hosting or anything like that. Especially people in you know this uh, tech space, go to the bottom of the footer and sign up to a program. Then it's just the gear you use. That's the easiest way to get started. So I'll leave it there, Chris. Um, I'm not sure if you want to pry into that further.
1: So essentially what you're doing is you're saying uh, people who are curious about the equipment that you're using, this is going to happen naturally anyways, because these are questions we get asked all the time. What's the lens? What's the setup? What computer? What phone are you using? And so if you just go through one, essentially, or maybe two extra steps of signing up for each product or software that you use as an affiliate marketer, you then generate a link that then tracks it for you and it does it automatically and then every single month or whatever you get paid a certain amount of money am i understanding it correctly Jacob? yes yes so the
0: next step from there would be how do you actually get people more people to that page right so how do you market your resources page your affiliate you know, page so think about your email newsletter you could have a a link in the bottom of your footer you could have it in your um, email signature you could have it on all of your youtube videos in the comments and descriptions you could have it on your Instagram, uh, LinkedIn bio link. So the more places it is, um, the more eyeballs go there, and the more chance that you'll get um, you know, commissions. So that's how the model works, and you can do this at scale with SEO as well. And that's what our platform is uh, based around. It's a very SEO driven.
1: Um, Tell brand. me what that means. What SEO? do you mean SEO driven? So
0: search engine optimization. So this is this is where the scale happens. Uh, how you actually, you know. That's what we've been doing the past three years is just exponentially growing the amount of key um, articles that are ranking. So how do you get found in search, right? In Google mostly. And it is about optimizing your keywords and your pages to be found more easily. So I'm not sure if you want to go down this route, this route but that's, uh, that's the next, next level when it comes to affiliates.
1: Well, I'm curious about it because, okay, so if I create a page and it's just, Chris's camera gear and I list a bunch of things and they're all affiliate marketing links. I'll make a few sales. I might make 50 bucks. I may make 200, $300, who knows? If you really want to scale and make more money, then you're going to have to find a way that people who are looking for this can find you other than the people who who already know who you are.
0: Yes, so people that are actively looking uh, are the ones that are going to buy in general. So if people, for example, type in uh, best camera for for podcasting, you'll want to be found you know, higher up in Google. So they go to that page and then they can they buy the, the product. So uh, that's where SEO comes into play and that's when this, the scale happens. So absolutely.
1: Okay. Um, we don't need to go into like a super heavy SEO discussion. We'll park that for now unless you think it's necessary to talk about right here. What do you think?
0: I think, I think SEO is a, also another topic that people are scared of. Right, affiliate marketing—they don't understand it, they don't do it, they don't—they think it's too much effort. But the effort pays off in the in the long term. Once you set it up, it's there, right? And the same with SEO. A little bit more technical, but eighty percent of SEO is the basics, right? So I will I will talk about the basics. Okay. The page title, right? So every single website has a page title, and that's where you're going to want your keywords. So let's use that example again. Um, we'll best. Best cameras for designers, right? That's the keyword. So in the page title, that is what we'll use. The keyword, best cameras for designers. That's this, the most essential thing that you want to go for. That is the keyword. We're going after one keyword. And that's what the simplest thing you need to understand. So page title. That's You can set a page title in every single website. And it, depending on the platform you use, WordPress or whatever, every single website has a page title. They also have headlines, so H1, H2, H3. Basically, that's the hierarchy of the the information on the page and you want to make sure that your keyword is in those headlines as well as your description and your body copy. So it's really, really simple if you think about it. Put the keyword in the headline, put the keyword in the page title and in the body copy, right? So that's the bare basics. What is difficult about SEO is Making your site seem as, as authority for Google, right? How do you become, how do you be seen as an authority? Uh, without getting too much into it, it's about how many people are linking to your site and how authoritative those sites are. So if you got a link from, let's say New York Times and or a link from, um, you know, the cafe on the store down the road, you know, which one has more authority? So you want to get as many links back from authority sites uh, to your site. So Google thinks you're an authority. And it's, there is more technical than that, but basically that's the the second uh, thing you need. So quality content with keywords and the next thing is links back to your site. So that's at a very high level how SEO works. Um, I won't go into any more. I have tons of resources on SEO on my site and all for free if people are wanting to learn, learn more.
1: What if you're a smaller creator and you can't get those uh, high quality backlinks and you've optimized your SEO. Is there anything else we can do to get our site to rank higher?
0: Yes, so long tail keywords. So this is uh, just more keywords in the phrase. So if you're trying to go after a phrase that there's a lot of competition, you're likely not going to rank. So if you add some more keywords to it, you're more likely to be able to rank for it. As an example, let's say it's um, brand agency Sydney. Uh, there may be some competition for brand agency Sydney. However, if you were in the suburbs, let's say brand agency um, Taramara, So this is a, a suburb in Australia. We have some weird names here. You're more likely to be found. However, the search volume will be much less. So it's about finding this balance between search volume and keyword difficulty. So they're, they're, the phrase that we use in the industry is like, how difficult is that keyword phrase? So it's about finding uh, if there's people actually searching for that and uh, how difficult that keyword is, finding that sweet spot.
1: Okay, I understand search volume. That's just volume of people looking for this phrase in particular. Yes. Keyword difficulty, it's difficulty in terms of how competitive it is? Yes. Yes. Okay. So you would like high search volume, low keyword difficulty? Yes. Ideally?
0: Yeah. Okay. And that is different for every person's website. Because if you have more authority, you can rank higher for more difficult keywords.
1: You mean if I rank for high for other words, and then my likelihood of getting other difficult words is easier? Or is that something different than what it's, you just if said? If
0: you're an authority in a niche, let's say our site, which is graphic design, creativity and tech, and we have articles on that, we're going to more naturally rank for those sort of articles. Whereas if I w- spoke about pet food supplies, Google doesn't see our site as a authority on that subject. So it's, it's a little bit different. It's about what Google sees you as an authority for uh, and how, much, how many links come back to your site and how well you've optimized your content for ranking.
1: Okay, makes sense. All right, where else did we go with this rabbit hole? <laughs>
0: so affiliate marketing, I want to get back to it because SEO is like how you okay. scale. But to, for yeah. people to get started with the affiliate marketing, I think understanding Amazon, number one, and how you can implement it into your business the resources page is one uh, aspect of it and adding your link in many other places is the second. The third, another one that is very easy to do is to refer things to your clients, right? The products that you use or services that you use, right? Using affiliate links. As an example, websites, a lot of people be doing websites or, you know, using stock. So if you're uh, referring to clients to like a stock website, let's say Shutterstock or Adobe, you can give them a link where they go and buy a product. So you're already, you're already monetizing something you're, you're using uh, every day. So that's a really great way to integrate it into your, your business and get some passive income going because you're just leaving money on the table otherwise. You're already using these services, so why not just you know give them a separate link? And once you've set up the link, you know you can continue to do this for years. And you know it's it's so natural, it's so so easy once it's set up.
1: Makes perfect sense. I want to tell you, I'm a little guilty of this because sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't want to go on Amazon right now and find the product. I just tell them the name of the book or whatever it is I'm referring because I don't think it's going to go anywhere. But then I forget whatever they buy the rest of that period in their shopping moment, you're going to get the credit for. So a little item, like it's a $10 item, can actually pay you a lot more depending on how much shopping they actually do.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you know, Amazon, they recommend things very, uh, very well. Then the biggest they do, yeah. So another another thing to people can do is collaborate with others. You know, for example, the future. I collaborate with you. You have an affiliate program, and you know it's very much aligned with that audience. You you can work with other course creators or other you know creators out there to promote their course or their products. Right. I have literally no products, and we're making bank, right? Just referring other people right. because. It's a whole different model based on SEO, but it's affiliate marketing. As soon as you bring your own products in, you have you know, other problems to deal with, right? Customer service and uh, e-commerce and all of that. So yes, yeah, like who could you work with? Who, who else could you promote? Who else could you collaborate with? So what I've done is also um, brought in people have that amazing products and we talk about that product. So they have templates for designers, for example, or you know, a, an extension for Adobe Illustrator, and we showcase that. So it's more about sharing a product that's really high quality and it's going to resonate with your audience. That's another model that you can use to you know, promote other people's products.
1: Yeah, I, I know we have an affiliate marketing program. Just like you say, people apply. Uh, the team decides who they want to give one to, if they're credible, if they like them, because we don't also want to just give it to random people that we don't know, like, or trust. And Then I didn't know you were an affiliate marketer for us until we bumped into each other, and you're like, Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm no, gonna send I'm you thousands, cousins. Chris. <laughs> this is great, keep sending it, it works out for both of us. I, I assume then we send some of it back to you.
0: Yes, you do. Yes,
1: great. That's um, how it works. I have a question for you that I've noticed the other day. I was searching for a specific tool or resource, and I came upon the site that lists the top 10 and these are very search up. Uh, search-friendly ways of organizing your page, right? The 10 best yep. uh, apps to do captioning. Okay, that's. so here's what I found quite interesting. What popped up high in the search result, I go to that page, I look at it, it's, it's okay, content. So it means that you could probably do a better job and supplant that person that's there. But the one thing that this person did was they put their own product in, the, in their own top 10 list. How do you feel about that? I, I think it's brilliant. I do the
0: same thing, right? So top 10 branding podcasts uh, is an example, right? I, I, I list all the blo- um, branding podcasts out there, put number one as, you know, our own platform, right? It's a marketing tactic. And I, I'm, I'm all for that. You know, as long as you you believe that you're a good you know, product, I think it's great. And, you know, it, there's also a gray area with other products, right? So that's why i you have to be skeptical of these listicles because the number one product is generally the one that pays the most, right? So I'm guilty of that as well, but I, I will never recommend something that I wouldn't use myself. Yeah. So there has to be some ethics behind it as well. But yeah, I, I think SEO in general is a, a marketing tool and it's just how you use that tool.
1: Okay. So now you have a healthier... Uh, perspective on how this stuff is done and now you're like oh that's why that is that's why they put themselves number one or yeah oh maybe number one is the one who just gives them the most money yeah no
0: it is exactly that and you know i've i've got clients from being on that number one spot branding podcast they click on it just, they just want to learn more about branding and then they listen to it and then they contact you so
2: it's just a it's a it's a tool time for a quick break but we'll be right back Welcome back to our conversation. So where else did we go from
1: here?
0: We can talk about um, scaling, right? We ha- yeah. How, you know, diving into how we've actually built out a team and the mechanics of that. And working with um, providers that have high commissions, I think is more, you know, their guess, the future of where you could go with affiliate marketing if you actually put some effort into it. A few years ago, as I mentioned about three years ago, I was noticed a pattern of these listicle articles. So this is where the, the secret source was. It was like, as you notice, like people type in like simple phrases, what's the best of this, right? So what's the best laptop for a graphic design? What's the best monitor? What's the best camera? People want to know this information and they go to Google to find it. And these are people that are actively looking for products. So it is a really great... Uh, way to scale so we have done that at scale and how we did that was provide a, a format for writers to to use you know headline intro overview and then they'll go and do the research on these these products and what we used that model and we gave it to multiple different writers and we did this in different verticals so if you're in you know videography or let's say logo design or um, identity there's so many different ways you can you know, where you could focus in the beginning, especially starting out. And I'm, I'm about to do this, start again, right, to create a new site, where we can just start from the beginning and see, you know, just as a, as a trial to see where things go, starting from the beginning, see how possible it is, because we have a lot of experience, a lot of SEO juice, you know, starting this back in 2007. So we can do it easily. But how can we actually create something from nothing uh, to create a new niche topic website? And, you know, scale it from there. So we're going to use this model of, you know, the format in hiring writers for giving them the instruction on how to actually do that and then, you know, posting it and hopefully getting more links to our site. And that's, I guess, the ne- next level, if you will.
1: <laughs> so you're going to create another blog site on a different subject that you can then repeat this entire process in?
0: Yeah, because now we have the system uh, and what works. It's like, is this possible to do? right? Can we compete with low keyword keyword um, sites, right? So where we're, this is, every, every keyword has a ranking out of 100, right? And you can find a sweet spot for your particular website. So for our site, that has a domain authority of 76 out of 100. Uh, just to give you context, like New York Times would be about 100 out of 100, or Google would be 100 out of 100. We're about the 76 mark. So uh, not too bad we can rank for a keyword between zero to 60 out of 100. But when you're a new site, you can only rank from zero to 30. So in the beginning, we're going to see if we can rank for keywords between zero and 30 and scale up for those longer tail keywords. And that means we're going to get links back to our website from from other sites and then slowly grow. So this will be a bit of an experiment uh, to see you know how we can actually use this model that's working for a high profile site but go for low keyword difficulty uh, keywords so that's kind of you know where we're going next
1: and, and uh, will you then cross reference each other in your blogs is that what, uh, most is likely are talking about most likely yeah yeah yep so you can borrow a little bit from the authority of one yes. and give it give the other the new one some juice and back yes. and forth it goes yes yep okay yeah. Is this how you would double the size of your company, you think?
0: I'm not sure. That's where that's what we're going to experiment with. It's just can this model be replicated? You know, how can we take mm-hmm. the affiliate model, uh listicles and compete with,
1: you know, certain keywords? And is is your service business to help other people do the same thing or is it something more in the brain. So I have no master
0: class or cohort or anything on, on this topic. I just love mm-hmm. sharing and educating people on on this. And everything I have on my site is free, right? I don't have I don't sell anything. Everything's free. How I do make money is from the referral model. Um, and it seems to be working.
1: So Okay. Earlier you talked about how you you're going all in on this, putting the pedal to the metal, as they say, and, and in order to be able to do this work and not be doing it yourself, how were you able to scale this idea that you have beyond you?
0: Yes. So in the beginning, I was writing all the articles. So like best monitors for designers and I was monetizing that way. And then I'm like, well, I had actually people pitching me <laughs> saying, I want to share my products on your site. like, And then I was like, well... Uh, I I don't have time for this. So I look for writers on platforms like Upwork and I think I just use Upwork actually, and onlinejobs.ph is a a Filipino website where Mm -hmm. you can, um, hire all sorts of talent. So those are two sites I I use to find talent. And then I found a, a, a link building agency contacted me and they, they gave me a pitch, uh, a presentation and I don't usually accept, um, pitches. Or, or calls but they did a brilliant job in their email and that was very personalized so they said that they could grow my site by uh, with link building and they showed me how in this presentation i was like oh my god and then they identified many other problem areas on my site like uh, low page speed poor theme uh, and uh, unoptimized ads and they they got my attention so this particular agency uh, identified my weak spots, and then I ended up hiring them to redo my site, optimize the speed. Uh, and then they also helped with link building as well. And they also had a content team. So suddenly I had uh, this new resource that you know has really helped grow my business. Then I had a couple of writers that I found from Upwork and onlinejobs.ph. So then I joined forces. And that is when this hiring and scaling happened because now I had a faster website the ads were optimized, you know, so Google ads, and we hadn't really talked about that either. Um, and yeah, the, the the team was growing. And because things were working, we're like, okay, let's add another you know, member to the team. Let's do some more. And then we talk about strategy and we, we hide some more. So it was just understanding what worked, diving into the data, and doubling down on the things that were working, right? And getting rid of the fat.
1: Do you mind sharing how much money you spent and if they were able to achieve the results and how far, I mean, if they achieved it, how far in, did they exceed your expectations? Yeah. So I'll give you some um, examples of costs
0: for riders. So I have riders that will do an article from $10 to $200. So if you get someone in, let's say, Pakistan or India, obviously it's going to be a little bit cheaper. And it also depends on the quality of the, the rider as well, just like anything. If you go for someone in the States, for example, and they have a very niche understanding of a topic, let's say NFTs or Web3, they're going to charge a, a premium. So uh, my general sweet spot of cost is in between, say, 50 to to $100 for an article from um, about 2,000 words. So this is another um, thing I haven't really spoke about, but the, a lot of people don't like writing uh, and they, it, it takes up too much time. So they can outsource this for quite an affordable uh, rate. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. So who determines then the topics for each one of the articles? So now we have an army of writers ready to yes. go. So that, that's what I do. The so that's, that's, the,
0: do. that's the strategy portion. And I'm now training the team on how to do research and they're actually doing this well now. So how do you actually analyze other websites and keywords and rank, uh, rank them based on, the sweet spot of keyword difficulty and uh, vault search volume. So what's really interesting is <clears throat> we sometimes went uh, for really high difficult keywords, uh, and you know people like Best Buy, Walmart, um, all the big boxes, and we compete with them on some keywords, which is amazing. So it's not it's not always black and white where it's like this like no go. If you have quality content and people enjoy it and they buy then Google sees that as a, a really quality article and they'll put that up high. So that's, um, yeah, just a side note.
1: So you have an idea for an article, you're like, this is going to be hot and you put the team on and they write it. Have you had duds before or sleepers that you thought, nah, I don't know if yes. it's going to go anywhere and then it winds up getting a ton of traffic? Share share uh, with us yeah, some of those so ideas. Or you never
0: know what's going to rank. Uh, you don't, okay. that's why it's an experimentation. And one minute you're number one, you've got a feature snippet and the money's rolling in. The next day, you're not on Google's page anymore. So it changes all the time. It, you have to—it's the game, right? And how it works is if you're updating your articles, and you know someone else brings out a new article, and suddenly Google's trying to figure out which one's better. You'll compete, right? So it's this constant game, and it's about improving your articles and learning, uh, learning from what um, Google is doing. So it is a game. It and there are tools to actually analyze these uh, keywords. So Ahrefs is one I use, SEO moz is another one to analyze different websites, competitors, keywords, and keeping track of all of that.
1: So which one did you think was going to be hot and turned out not to be? And which one did you think was like a dud, but wound up being a star?
0: <laughs> so there's, because we're doing a scale, we're, let's say we're doing, you know, best fonts for designers or best fonts for best serif fonts, best sans serif fonts. There's like all these different keywords you can go after. And sometimes they'll rank, right? They'll be up, they'll rank off the bat. You know, as soon as you click publish the next day, they'll be like number one because Google's trying to figure out if it's good content or not. And then it'll just vanish like, nope. <laughs> okay, that was a dud. But you don't get rid of it, right? You try again. You can add some more content to it. You add some more keywords to it. So I never say it's like a finished dud product. It's, it just needs improvement. And some things will rank um, better than others more naturally, based based on the authority of your site and what you're you're seen as an authority. You know, we're doubling down on fonts right now, and it's going really really well. So all of our font articles are ranking really high, and it converts so well because everyone loves fonts. It seems. Uh, in terms of duds, though, there's there's dozens of them. Like tech articles, we tried we tried the gaming industry, it didn't work out. Um, so. Our site's not known as for gaming. so And it's a competitive industry. So that was a big dud. Um, yeah. A new one we tried with NFTs and Web3 have recently got into that. And, you know, that blew up. So now we're competing with like NFT websites, even though we're not like an NFT site, it, we are
1: competing quite quite well. So you never know. You just got to try. You, yeah, make some exactly, adjustments. exactly. And you're saying it's a fickle place because uh, articles in Google's always replacing things with theoretically better results, right?
0: Yes, exactly. And it's probably the same with YouTube. I'm not so, um, informed with YouTube search, you know, algorithms and so forth. And I know you're heavily into that. So what have you been seeing in terms of, you know, um, YouTube's algorithm and your like thumbnails and your titles and so forth? Do you handle any of that? Yeah, we're,
1: yeah, yeah. We're, we're no geniuses when it comes to getting high, uh, click through rate, uh, like say Mr. Beast or, uh, Veritasium. These guys are able to make these thumbnails that everybody wants to see and titles that are very interesting. They they figured that part out. But we have found that if we produce a good, meaty, long format piece of content, it will not take off right away. They're just slow burners, and then eventually get to two hundred thousand views, and it'll be a million views, and it generally will stay in the top ten for as long as I can check it. So somebody's gonna have to do something much much better and more charismatic, or do something uh, new insights and Maybe they don't feel like they want to anymore because oftentimes our strategy is we look up the keywords, we look at the amount of search volume, and we look at how how much competition there is. And if it's stacked, it's like, I really don't want to swim in there. It's too crowded. I want to find a different topic that I could speak about that has less competition, obviously, but has high search volume. Yeah. Yeah. It's,
0: it's the game. When you said top 10, what did you mean by that? Is it your top 10
1: or... Google's top 10 or YouTube's top 10. Like if you were to search uh, and hopefully it'll work for you, if you were to type in branding or typography or something, you'll see us in the top 10.
0: Okay. Like as a channel?
1: Just the video itself will appear Okay, as you're searching for videos. Well, how, how do you actually go about keyword
0: researching then for like a YouTube video?
1: You can use tools like TubeBuddy and you can type in your title And it will tell you with a meter like hot or cold or hot, meaning be careful. You know, green is like really good, right? Red is too super competitive. It's bloody. It's not to say that you don't want to do it, but just letting you know, you want to find like, like, just like you, uh, high search volume, low competition. Mm -hmm. That's the name of the game. Yeah. That's the, that's the challenge, right? It's, it's,
0: but then, then if you do create something really great, Right and gets yeah. into that top ten. That's like that's what you want to go for. It's the juice.
1: It's the you got to go for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know you don't want to like win at something that nobody's looking for. Exactly. That's no good. So so what we've learned is when you use um, terminology that common people don't use, you're you're probably not going to do well. You need to learn to phrase your title, your keywords, in ways that normal people who don't know what the answer is going to be might not even know how to phrase the question. If you okay. can predict that, then you're going to do well. Yeah. But on the other
0: side of it, if you go after long tail keywords, with low volume, and you do this at a mass scale, which is what we're doing. That's another tactic, right? If you just go after yeah. phrases that people, there's not much volume, but yeah, there's a lot of opportunity because there's no competition. So that if there's no competition, the longevity of that article and how you monetize it, that's that's where the sweet spot is as well. That's what we're finding. It's like, there's no competition. If you can do it at scale and you have that system, You know, it's, it's very lucrative.
1: Let me ask you for your professional opinion here. You said that the search results get replaced and updated all the time by Google. One day you're number one and one day you're not even on the list anymore. Do you find that Google's way of ranking is fairly egalitarian? Like the best articles or the best videos do wind up being at the top? They've got some
0: pretty smart people working there, so I would i assume so. I rarely find a number one spot that doesn't answer my question.
1: Yeah, same. I guess they would not be the number one search engine if they started to mess around with <laughs> that, right? Case in point,
0: case in point. Yeah.
1: Let me ask you this other question. I won't tell you what I do, but I just want to ask you how, how you feel about it and whether or not you practice this or not. Let's say you're thinking about another article and you go and search and you find the number one ranked article and you look at it and you're like, that's all right, I think I could do much better. Do you use that as a foundation and then say, I'm going to do that, but I'm going to do it better?
0: I'm I'm not doing the writing these days, but we definitely do refer people to, you know, you can type in a keyword and it'll give you the top 10 results. So you can look at those 10 results and then analyze them and create something better with more keywords in them. So there's all these different tools that will suggest keyword phrases based on the volume that are actually coming through in real world time that you can use and add into your article.
1: Okay, so you would consider searching and looking at what's ranking as foundational as part of the research process to know what's been done? I would not
0: do it without it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah.
1: I I think some creatives get all bent out of shape over that kind of stuff. Like, well, you're going to be heavily influenced. You should just create work in a block, uh, like a box. You know?
0: Yeah, I was, I was actually at a video conference last night with some videographers and we were having this conversation about like the research that you do. And some were like, no, you should research so you um, you can get influence from it. But other people were like, no, you're going to get influence and it come across as like copying. So it's like right. I, how I see it as what keyword phrases are they using and why are they in the number one spot? Like you can learn a lot from that. Just using that you know the subheaders and so forth and the the keywords and the content and that can help inform your structure and you know add keywords to your articles but how you actually elevate and outrank those people is by improving it and getting more keywords in there and actually answering people's questions and providing more value ultimately so that's what it comes down to
1: okay now i happen to know the answer to this question but i imagine someone listening to this podcast and saying well it all sounds fine, but really what are you making in terms of like the percentages on a couple of sales? Can we talk numbers a little bit? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So we should have done this at the start
0: of- so it get more people interested because like that's why we're doing it, right? It, and yeah. you can make some good cash from this.
1: Well, let's, let's say that a full calendar year, let's say from January of this year to December, what do you project in terms of revenue? And then maybe you can talk about profit too. Mm-hmm.
0: So, I'm going to talk about Black Friday because November, we've just had okay. Black Friday and November. So we, this is our record month, uh, for November and we've just crossed the six figure marks on affiliate marketing alone, right? We're referring wow. other people's products. So like that's incredible. It, uh, I would never have thought that two years ago. It would, it just blows my mind thinking about that. And that's all passive and profit, right? So that's taking out all expenses, riders and everything. So it's, it definitely can be lucrative if you're doing it at scale. I know this is a whole system, it's a whole business, but I don't want people to lose sight of affiliate marketing and just start in. That's really why I want to talk to you, you, Chris, and your audience, is to get people started in affiliate marketing and understand what it is, how to implement it, and how easy it is. Right? So that what we talked about, getting started with Amazon and those platforms, that's what you have to do to get started. Once you set it up, you know you have some momentum, and that's when you can start adding more to it over time. But if you don't have it there, if you don't start, And you're just not going to do it. It's not going to happen. So anyone listening, I'd really encourage you just to set up an Amazon account, uh, associates account, sorry, so you can get started. And then you can scale, right? So that's where we're at now. And we're scaling with hundreds of different partners. So, you know, talking about the finances, some of our top partners are, you know, Adobe, Envato Elements. So this is all in the creative industry. Envato Elements is a crazy good deal. So any creative here that hasn't used it, like that's a great, person to work with. Skillshare is another one. Canva even. Um, Design cuts is another one. So these these are some of my top partners. But then there's all these little ones, right? So they're probably my the top 80%, but the other 20% are really interesting. They're little, little oil wells that we've planted that there's no competition. And over time, you know, we just posted one article that stayed there for years. And it's just just pumping out money, right? It's 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 just little ones. But if you keep doing it and uh, it, it really does add up and that's how we've been able to grow. You know, for, like I said before, like for about seven years, we were just making chump change because we didn't really understand it. We didn't know how to do it at scale. Uh, and, but we've learned from that. So, uh, yeah,
1: hopefully that gives some insight. Yeah. You must be getting excited cause you're hitting your microphone. a lot oh, now. sorry. sorry. <laughs> sorry. Like, now we're making money. It's great. And just knocking the microphone over. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry guys. I I want to talk about something here. Now, you're saying for the period of Black Friday, which is, is it technically from Friday to Monday or is it a little bit more? But it's a matter of just a few days, right? Uh, I'd say probably two weeks, right? So you got site, yeah, people start their
0: sales early. Uh, I know you guys probably a couple of weeks earlier. So it's another two-week period, yeah.
1: Okay, so for about two weeks, you generated an additional six figures in affiliate marketing referral fees. Yes. And presumably the articles already written in the past. It's not like you're writing them just that day. Yes. So that's why you're saying this is like pure profit. It didn't require extra effort.
0: Well, it, de- it definitely did require some extra effort. So I had email campaigns, uh, working with oh. different, uh, uh, partners, so exclusive deals to my email newsletter list. Uh, but these were all things I've done in the past. So I recapitalized them from last year, reuse them, updated links and, um, so forth. So, it was kind of like exclusive deals that were really, really good deals, right? Like 50 60% off. So yeah. it's like a no-brainer not to, to buy them if you're even thinking about it. So that sort of thing uh, was really lucrative. And also this year, Amazon pretty much doubled commissions over this period and even up to December. So it's really awesome for top providers. And uh, Adobe as well. So these are my two top providers and they, they're they doubling, well not doubling, but close to it, commissions over this period. So it's really a good time to promote if you put your effort in, uh, you know, November, December. It kind of balances out in January when it, everyone's, you know, off a bit, but um, right. yeah. Okay.
1: Well, uh, I, I want to say this because we have people who listen to our content from all over the world and in some parts of the world, making $12,000 a year is a lot of money and can help to provide for you and your family. And in some places, it's $24,000 a year. And that's what uh, an attorney might make that had went to uh, and paid for a lot of schooling and spent a lot of time learning uh, what it is that they do. So for, for me, I want to encourage people who are in the creative service space, If you design a logo, you build websites, You write copy for for marketing campaigns to develop some form of passive income. As Jacob mentioned before, there's many different ways that you can make passive income, but the one we're talking about today is affiliate marketing. It sounds like really low-hanging fruit. If you naturally use something that you love and would recommend and you already do today, why not build out a little bit of a page, uh, learn a little bit about SEO and and follow best practices, just low-hanging fruit and put up the links and let that start churning for you. Maybe you're planting a tree, not drilling an oil well,
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, but it'll bear
1: fruit for you. Maybe not today, but down the line if you keep doing this. Because could you imagine for many of you that if, uh, and you can look at it one way or the other, like if you just got a bonus check for $30,000 at the end of the year from yourself, like what that would do for you and your loved ones if you had an emergency, if you had a giant plumbing problem this would make a lot of that stress go away Uh, what you're doing really is you're you're trading on the trust that you've built up and you're saying i personally endorse these things i like these things because you should not recommend things you don't like or use this is kind of critical right because you can do more harm to your reputation and your brand than good in terms of you just trying to get some money what i find fascinating is in this world right now, we don't trust advertisers anymore. We don't trust that the brands are real. So, what we do is we validate, we cross reference, we put their name in, in Google and we look at things like these blogs, these reviews, the listicles, and we see what people are saying. And if it's consistent across multiple touch points, we can then assume, hopefully, it's not all highest paid affiliate marketing, but that there is some journalistic, uh, uh, what do we call that? Uh, integrity, some journalistic integrity there that we can trust this then then we'll buy. And this is why advertisers and, and marketers like affiliate marketing because someone else is endorsing it. So you don't have to take our word for it. You can take their word for it. Anything you want to add to that, Jacob? No, I,
0: I, I'd love to give a challenge to people just to make this actionable because if there's a challenge and you can actually earn something from it. So create the Amazon Associates account. Think of a product you really, really love and share it on your biggest platform, Right. Tell people why you love this product. Uh, maybe it's a book. right? Everyone has a book. Right. You'll, you'll make your first cents or dollars from that recommendation. You know? As long as it's coming from a trusted place and you're, a, you know, you have an audience, you'll you'll make a sale and you'll get a taste of it. And then you can do that at scale, right? So that's the challenge: set up an account, Amazon Associates account, and share one product that
1: you love with your audience. By the end of this year. Just do it. Yes. By the end of this year. Yes. Put a timeline on it. Now, as you can see, uh, you have some stuff behind you. I have lots of things behind me. Like I have a lot of books and I do like to read books and I recommend books all the time. What I don't do all the time, Jacob, is I don't add the affiliate marketing link, which I already have because I have an Amazon Associates thing. So maybe you're challenging me to. I need to do it and we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah. Who knows? I do. I do encourage it totally. You you are doing it on the future. I see it in the YouTube uh, comments and so forth. So yes. you're definitely doing it, uh, and that's where you're getting most eyeballs. So it makes sense to do it there. It's a little bit more less passive when you have to manually do it each time, like sharing a a, a post. So it's not as scalable right. that way. However, you never know what people will buy, and you you most people will be interested in like tech gear like you using now. So it, you know it, there's some ch- change there for sure.
1: Yeah. I have something set up through, I think it's called kit.co.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good one.
1: Which is pretty easy to set up and it's visual, I guess like the exact product, it seems to be really built for people in our industry, but I'm not actively promoting that. That's in my bio link somewhere, but it's not like on a web page where I document and I talk about all the things I use. That would probably be a lot more effective, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the more places you promote it, the more eyeballs you get and the more chances you have for sure.
1: Right. And so if you're thinking about longevity, I, I think what I'm hearing from you, Jacob, is eventually you need to get this onto your blog page because it, it's searchable. It's not ephemeral. Like, say, on social media, those things disappear. It can be very difficult to search uh, once the post gets stale. And if you really want to do passive income, you really do need to find a home for it. And, and you probably want to put the effort and energy into it so that people can get value from reading what it is you have to say. And, and perhaps you can teach them something. And then, by the way, here are all the products. Now, I do need to say this, I believe. When you do an affiliate marketing, you should disclose that there's an affiliate marketing link.
0: Yep. Sometimes it's, uh, it's a bit harder to say it in every single post, but we have right. it on our website at the top of every single page that it is affiliate. You know? Right. So it is, uh, and by Amazon's um, guidelines, you have to, especially on YouTube, you have to disclose that it's an Amazon link. And you type in the link and then you put in brackets, Amazon. So that's the, the correct way to do it for Amazon links.
1: I see. Yeah, we don't want to run a file the law and, and then damage <coughs> our partnerships. I have, with I have done companies. that. So Amazon yeah. has a,
0: a weird, uh, you can't share directly in a newsletter to an Amazon page. So I got picked oh. up on that a couple of times for putting it in my newsletter. So you have to link to another page, like a page on your own website, and then it goes to theirs. So I wonder why
1: that is. Um, is there anything else that we need to talk about?
0: I think we've covered a lot. Uh, we, we definitely went a bit deeper in terms of the SEO and the advanced side of it. Uh, I just wanted to bring it back and to, to get started with an account and get a resources yeah. page up and get those low-hanging fruits when it comes to your uh, working with your clients or people close to you, recommending products that you love and use every single day. That's the lowest-hanging hang, fruit, and you can get started with that so easily and implement that into your business uh, very easily. So make sure you do that. Uh, and accept our challenge and you know share something that you you love with an Amazon link. I' I'm, no I'm not associated with Amazon. It's just the easiest <laughs> way to, to get started.
1: I imagine this podcast is gonna rank really well for the word Amazon affiliate. <laughs> so we'll see what happens there. Well, I'm going to say this. I know you weren't directly challenging me, but challenge accepted. I'm gonna do it. I'll let you know how it goes. Now before I ask you for your references and your links, Let me ask this other question for the audience. Let's say somebody's like, oh my God, they pulled over the side of the road. They're like, this is freaking great. I need to do this. What are additional resources, not your own, like books or articles or courses that they can get into so that they can learn more about this? Yeah. So
0: (laughs) there's a couple of topics, right? We've talked about affiliate marketing. We've talked about passive income and SEO. So SEO, the number one tool I use is AHREFs. R E F S. And that, that is a, it is a paid tool, but it allows you to analyze websites uh, and find out keyword difficulties uh, and understand how you can rank for your own website. And this is something that my business has been built on, right? SEO search engine optimization. And that's how I find clients is how I get traffic to the site and everything. So it is a really worthwhile tool to learn SEO because it's organic. People are actively searching and you get off the hamster wheel of social media marketing because you post something on Instagram, it's gone in a few days, right? Search is there for pretty much ever, right? It's evergreen content and you get found organically. It's not paid. Like why wouldn't you do that? It's just a no brainer for me, but you know, I'm a little bit biased, but it's, it's organic, right? So that's the number one tool I'd use to find um, about, find out, learn more about SEO. They have courses and everything and a, a tool and so forth. Affiliate marketing, Pat Flynn has an amazing course on affiliate marketing. Uh, Pat Flynn is another big person in this pay, space with passive income. Um, and blogging, uh, it's, there's a lot out there. I, I, do, I don't want to refer to my site, but like we do literally have everything on blogging, SEO and um, all on there all for free as well. Uh, I don't have courses. I have no cohorts. I'm not selling you anything. It's all for free. So it's there to be used.
1: Now, if somebody's curious about finding out more about you, where's the best place for them to go to find some of these resources?
0: Yes. So justcreative.com is the where you'll find everything. All my socials are just creative as well, mainly on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, where you'll find me. I, we do have something called the branding briefcase. Uh, which is a free download. It's a bundle of uh, design, business, and design resources, all in one bundle for free, which you can download. It's, you'll see it uh, pop up on your screen in exchange for an email address. Love to have you on my email uh, so you can keep in contact and get all those free resources um, and so forth. So thank you.
1: Perfect. Jacob, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for sharing this so openly. And I hope our listeners get a lot of value from this. but If you do nothing else, at least try this one thing, right? Just a quick recap, create an Amazon affiliate account, which will take you just a few minutes to do because most of us are on Amazon already. It's not that far away from that. And then to share the challenge, let's make it super simple. Share a book that you love and then include the affiliate link wherever you post and create content. It could be anywhere, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube. Just share it somewhere and see what happens. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, Chris. Cheers. My name is Jacob Cass, and you're listening to The Future.
2: Thanks for joining us this time. If you haven't already, subscribe to our show on your favorite podcasting app and get a new, insightful episode from us every week. The Future Podcast is hosted by Chris Do and produced by me, Greg Gunn. Thank you to Anthony Barrow for editing and mixing this episode, and thank you to Adam Sanborn for our intro music. If you enjoyed this episode then do us a favor by rating and reviewing our show on apple podcasts it'll help us grow the show and make future episodes that much better have a question for chris or me head over to the future.com slash hey chris and ask away we read every submission and we just might answer yours in a later episode if you'd like to support the show and invest in yourself while you're at it visit the future.com You'll find video courses, digital products, and a bunch of helpful resources about design and creative business. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.